0: If you look at Matthew's Gospel in chapter 6, verse 11, we read, of course, the sentence, the verse that we've been talking about this morning. Give us today our daily bread. When Mike Gardner asked if I would speak about that particular verse, I thought, well, crumbs, that's easy. Mike, I mean, I'm a bit ravenous today, Lord. Make sure I have three roast potatoes for lunch, won't you? Not just two today. I really want a bit more food today. And... The more I thought about this, perhaps I'm not being too serious about that, one thought, well, perhaps there was a bit more to it than that, of course. But the more one thought about it, the more there is to it. In this day and age, we Google things, don't we? So I Googled in give us this day Lord and of course pages and pages and pages of different people's ideas what the words mean and in the time we have available all one can possibly do is just make a few brief points and then at the end we'll see so what do we think it actually means I wonder how many times we've prayed give us this day our daily bread hundred thousand ten thousand well probably many thousands and I wonder I'm asking myself as much as anybody I wonder when we say, Father, give us today our daily bread, what are we actually asking God for? What are we praying for? What do we we want him to provide? Well, mm, that's interesting. I thought, what actually am I asking God for? Now, we know that this particular verse comes, of course, in the Beatitudes, in the Sermon on the Mount, Probably more than one sermon, otherwise people would have got so bored before they got to the end, they wouldn't have been paying attention. So maybe Jesus had an away week or something like that, and um, someone actually collected, wrote down, Matthew, probably, um, all that Jesus said, and we know it as the Sermon on the Mount. But there is a lot of instruction. It was almost like, I guess, the induction instruction to the disciples. Now, Jesus said, when you go out, when you talk to people, when you try and bring people to me, Jesus, this is what I want you to say. So it was the instruction to the disciples. But what was he instructing them to pray for? I guess when one looks at all these hundreds of pages in Google, the first thing I tried to do, maybe not very successfully, was to put together the various ideas and thoughts. So, what have other people made of this particular verse? I think probably there are three groups. The first um, is the group who says, ah, oh, well, it's nothing actually to do with bread for tummies. It's actually to do with the bread we receive, that we, um, the spiritual bread we, we receive at the table, as indeed we're going to in a few minutes' time. When we actually sit down at the table, we're receiving spiritual food. That's what it's all about, this group said. It's the being able to and having the privilege and the pleasure to sit down at his table whenever we want to, whenever we can. We're invited, we're all invited, if we love Jesus. doesn't matter how good or bad we are, there were plenty of bad people sitting around the table when, at the Last Supper. So we didn't worry about being bad, but if we love him... We are welcome at the table, so give us today our daily bread. Oh, give us today from the table, from the food we're going to eat later, give us that spiritual nourishment. Now, other groups said, no, 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 it doesn't mean that at all, no. Um, What it really means is that Jesus is the bread of life, as we heard just a few moments ago. And, ah, well, it's nothing really to do with food for our tummies. It's nothing really even to do with just at the table. It's the fact we are Jesus' disciples. It's the fact that we can all follow him. The fact we can all be cheered up by him. We can learn about life from him. We can really do our best to be his servants. It's being, if you like, the bread of Jesus. It's following him. That's what it's all about. Nothing to do with the tummy at all. Hmm, well, that's possible, I suppose. And then there was a third group. And the third group of people said, no, 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 you've got it wrong. It's not really to do with the table. It's not really to do with following Jesus in the the whole sense. It's to do with the word. Give us each day some nourishment, some spiritual nourishment from the words we should be reading each day. It's the Bible. That's what really counts. That's the important thing. We can be nourished spiritually oh, in every possible way from the word in the Bible. Now you say, well, I don't know. We're not, none of us is in a position, are we, to say, well, any of these three groups of people is wrong or they're right. Maybe we look at a bit of each, but let's just for a few moments, we have only a few moments, let's just look at some of the words that we actually say. And then we'll draw our own conclusions. Well, um, I guess the obvious word to think about first is, food, bread. Did Jesus really mean bread for here? Well, we do know, of course, that he was particularly concerned about people's bodies. We know of the number of healing miracles, countless examples. He was concerned that we were well-fed in, if you like, the bodily sense. And, of course, the feeding of the 5,000. You remember, of course, here were these, I like to think of it as 10,000. 5,000 men and 5,000 women and children, but that's another story. And here was Jesus with the five loaves. He was feeding them with bread. So he was definitely concerned about our our bodies. And so let's keep that um, in mind. And then, well, give us our daily bread. Us? Who's us? Is it you and me? Is it just those of us in this room, in this sanctuary at the moment? Is it everyone around the world, all his people? It's not give me my daily bread, not fill my tummy and blow with you, you know, it's give us. And, well, I like to think it's God, we're talking about God's people, all of them. Not just me, not being selfish. You know, in this, in this world, uh, the, I gather there are about nine billion people. And it's said that one billion of the nine billion haven't enough food to eat. Will this day go hungry. One in nine, nine of the people in the world. And yet, again, one reads, there is enough food to go around. It's just, as we said with the young people earlier, we're not good at sharing. That may apply to you and me and to all of us. And then give us this day our daily bread. Gosh, this word day crops up twice. And it's interesting, going back to the Google, you find there are countless examples of the way people translate this indeed, uh, and different ways of expressing this particular verse. If you go to Luke's Gospel, it's not give us this day our daily bread, it is give us each day our daily bread I think, mm, that's interesting well there's, what significance is there in that change and all sorts of variations in the song we sung a few moments ago that David uh, mentioned different words there Give us, was it our need I think for the day so the word used for daily in um, Matthew's gospel is a very strange Greek word as you all know I'm no Greek scholar whatsoever but I read that um, it's the word epiausius And that's a very unusual, very unlikely Greek word. It doesn't come up in um, literature very much at all, hardly ever. And it's not mentioned in the Bible ever again. It's the sort of word, apparently, that if you're going to Sainsbury's or the co-op tomorrow morning, and you've got a shopping list, that's your daily need. It's that sort of day they are talking about. But give us our daily bread. Janet reminded us of the story of the Israelites, as we say 600,000 of them. There they were, grumbling and moaning and saying, come on, what on earth are you doing, Moses? You brought us out here, and you're not feeding us, you're not giving us any drink. And they were moaning, and the condition, you remember, was you take only what's sufficient for today. The one exception is the day before the Sabbath, and if you, you're now allowed then to take enough for both today and for tomorrow, the Sabbath. But otherwise, You take only what you need for today. And if you don't, it'll all turn into maggots and all be horrible. Start smelling, I think, were the last words that Janet mentioned. So take just enough for today. Isn't it interesting? If you go back to Matthew 6, after the um, passage with the, the Lord's Prayer, on the following page in verse 25, do not worry. I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Much more important than food. And it goes on. Don't worry about the clothes. Don't worry about the lilies. Then in verse 30, If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow, thrown into the fire, would he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? For the pagans run after all these things, but your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Don't worry. Gosh, that is a lesson for all of us, certainly me, isn't it? You mustn't worry about anything. Have what you need today. Ask God for what you need today. Tomorrow he will provide again. He will give you something for tomorrow. You mustn't harbour things. There's a sermon there in itself, isn't there? And perhaps... Finally, time is rapidly running out, give us this day, give. Not please may I have, not sell me, not lend me, give me. It's an instruction almost, isn't it? We're almost commanding God to do that. Isn't that a rather odd way of putting it? Would you ever say to your wife, give me three rest potatoes at lunch? And get smacked round the ear or something. Strange, I think I'm right in saying, someone might correct me over coffee, that there is there no, was no word for please at that time. And that's the reason why please doesn't appear. I, I, say, I do stand corrected. But it does seem to me, give us our daily bread, forgive me of my trespasses, etc., etc., etc. They are real commands. What a way to speak. But we know, of course, that God looks to us, not only to... Thank him for his bounty, for his care, his food, his bread, or whatever it might be, for our stomachs or spiritually. But he expects us to labor as well. A rather trivial example, which I'm sure you've all heard before. In the garden, if we just let God look after things, well, we'd get weeds within 10 minutes, wouldn't we? He expects us to labor in the garden as well. One could go on, but I've suggested a a, a sentence which I believe, in my mind, you might disagree, and please shout at me over coffee if you disagree. I'd love to have a little argument, friendly argument. But I think, possibly, when we pray, give us this day our daily bread, what we might really, what I think I might really be saying is this, David. Thank you. Please. Give your people everywhere, not just you, me, those here, but the people who are starving around the world. Give your people everywhere, each day, enough food to eat. And enough spiritual food to enable us to be better servants, better sharers, better in all respects, in your kingdom. Amen.